You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is the sermon recording from this week's service, but first, here are the readings. A reading of the Gospel of Luke. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when no one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will the sign be that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived for many will come in my name, claiming I am he and This is, the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. He then said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and put you in prison. And you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. So you will bear testimony to me, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries can resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair on your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. This is the word of the Lord. You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. And now for this week's sermon. Let us pray. Creator God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask for quiet patience to trust that at some time your will may prevail on earth, for continued loud restlessness to challenge the status quo and contribute towards your will being done on earth, and for the perspective to understand when to trust and when to challenge. Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the confident vision, the perspective of space and of time presented to us near the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Many of us are also accustomed to concluding the Lord's Prayer with similar words of confident vision and perspective. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. No matter what things may look like in reality, no matter what a mess we experience in our own lives, the mess in our country, the mess in our world, we somehow manage to repeat the traditional words of confident vision, the words reflecting the vast perspective of space and of time, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. If we think things are a mess for us now, we've already heard in today's reading from Luke's Gospel about a mess to trump all messes. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences. They will seize you and persecute you. You'll be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. But no matter about all this mess, we are also taught in today's Gospel reading not to forget that it is God's kingdom, God's power, and God's glory forever and ever. St. Luke reports these words of Jesus, when you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. Make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. Now that reads to me like quite a tall order. When I was living in Northern Ireland during what was virtually a civil war, life wasn't quite as bad as that described by Luke. We didn't have the earthquakes, famines and pestilences. But we did have quite a lot of troubles. Every morning our mother would wake us up with an update from the morning news bulletin telling us what buildings had been destroyed by explosives in our town overnight, what roads were out of action due to car bombings, bus hijackings, or continued shooting, and who had been killed overnight by one means or another. Despite the words in today's Gospel reading, when you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened, I have to say we were frightened. Despite the words telling us to make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. We did worry, and we did take precautions. We taped our windows to minimize the impact if there was an explosion nearby. We rarely went out at night, and we chose our routes very carefully during the day. We were very careful what we said to people we didn't know very well, and we were equally careful never to be overheard. We certainly took precautions, and sometimes our precautions weren't enough. And Christians prayed hard in Northern Ireland that these troubles would end. Lord, deliver us from evil. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We prayed to see God's kingdom, God's power, and God's glory, ideally forever and ever, but particularly now, immediately, today. 
And then, after what seemed like an interminable 30 years, things miraculously and suddenly did get better, just before the new millennium of the year 2000. Now, I'm very conscious that a number of you may well have faced conflict which was much more horrific than I experienced and which lasted considerably longer because much worse conditions have been encountered for a prolonged period by many people across the world. For the Jews, we have detailed accounts in the Old Testament of one set of disasters after another, whether being dispersed to live a nomadic existence, whether being ruled by conquerors, and life was regularly interrupted by earthquakes, famines, and pestilences. By the time when Jesus was preaching, the area which we sometimes refer to as the Holy Land had been conquered by the Romans for nearly a hundred years. So his disciples would have been very well aware not to cause trouble. Added to that, there was the hostility faced by the followers of Christ from the Jewish establishment, which liked to ingratiate itself with the Roman authorities through suppression of what they saw as irregular movements like that led by Jesus. The words attributed to Jesus that we heard earlier, they will seize you and persecute you, would not have looked like idle threats at the time of Jesus. These words would have been even more relevant at the time when St. Luke was writing his gospel. Scholars think that Luke wrote his gospel around the time when there was a major Jewish rebellion, which resulted in the total destruction of the spectacular temple in Jerusalem. So anyone hearing the words of St. Luke at around the time he wrote them would have understood well the meaning of Jesus saying, the time will come when not one stone in the beautiful temple will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. By this time, around AD 70, the early Christians had been experiencing all sorts of attempts to silence this troublesome sect of Christians, giving added poignancy to the prophetic words of Jesus. They will seize you and persecute you. You'll be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. Everyone will hate you because of me. So to those who heard the words of Jesus, and to those who first read the words of Luke, it must have looked as if the invitation to follow Christ was going to be a long, difficult haul. Jews were accustomed to a perspective of suffering which spanned decades, spanned generations, spanned centuries. So it's hardly surprising we are told they asked, teacher, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? As we heard, he replied, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them, 
the end will not come right away. The message to them and to us is that the kingdom of God will not come right away. And it certainly did not come right away. 2,000 years later, it still has not come. There have been no end of wars and uprisings, earthquakes, famines, and pestilences. Nations have continued to rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. But fortunately, that is only one part of the message in today's gospel. The message that the kingdom of God will not come soon is combined with the reassurance that in the meantime, whatever the difficulties, God's support will be provided. I remind you of the words we heard earlier, I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Stand firm and you will win life. In other words, keep your eye on the wider perspective of the kingdom of heaven and we will win together. Keep your eyes above today's problems, above today's troubles, and there will be a way forward. Keep praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Forever and ever, that's a completely different perspective on time compared to the one we normally consider. 30 years of trouble in Northern Ireland is like a flush in the pan against backdrop of thousands of years. Nowadays, we tend to want everything quickly. Every night in the news, we hear lots of people saying they want an end to talk about Brexit. It's already taken four years, is the one complaint which seems to unite virtually everybody right across the political spectrum. And if four years seems an incredibly long time, it's hard for us to get our heads around a message already encompassing thousands of years. You don't need me to remind you that we have almost arrived at 2020. But before that is Advent 2019. After next week, our special week when we focus on remembrance and respect for the lives and contribution to our Christian community of our trans friends and colleagues. After next week, we'll begin the countdown to Christmas, the countdown we know as Advent. Advent is obviously the period when we think about the birth of Christ. But secondly, Christians have also used the Advent season to reflect on the return of Christ in glory at the end of time. And thirdly, Advent can be an opportunity to focus on the arrival of Christ between these two bookends, between the, the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. Christ returning now and throughout the period as a constant comforter and guide. So the first of these concepts, the baby in the manger, is the happening we can most easily relate to. It follows it's not so difficult to understand Jesus growing to be a man and preaching about a better life, even if it's much more difficult to fathom the concept of a trinity, God being the creator, 
and the Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The humanity of Jesus enables us to cope with the difficult perspective of a God who was, is, and evermore shall be. The humanity of Jesus, the humanity as a major component of Christmas, is the antidote provided for us when we are inclined to be totally overwhelmed by apparently interminable years of bleak existence. We're only too conscious of nations arising against nations, sometimes in the form of the traditional horror of conflict, such as the continuing horror experienced in Syria or in Yemen. More recently, nations can also rise against nations more insidiously through cyber warfare, using fake news, hacking, and so on. In addition, there are still natural earthquakes, famines, and pestilences exacerbated by humans so that we have flooding not only in Venice, but also in Doncaster. We have unprecedented suffering from fires across the world, from Brazil and the USA to Australia. And we still have famines in countries relatively well blessed with resources such as Zimbabwe. Will it ever get better? We can't get our heads around periods of trouble extending for a couple of years, let alone decades, let alone centuries. Today's gospel reading does not even attempt to gloss over the reality that life is tough and will continue to be tough. But the same gospel chapter also includes the reassuring message that whatever the difficulties, God's support will be provided. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Stand firm and you will win life. The words in St. Luke's Gospel. In a world of trouble, these words draw attention to the sense of perspective provided for us. There is no denying the wars and uprisings, but equally there's no qualification in the promise of support. The words, do not be frightened. Maybe we can't get our heads around a millennium of wars and uprisings, but we can understand the positivity which comes with the birth of a child. Similarly, the perspective of design support in the real world might help us as we try to pray confidently using the familiar words of perspective which, with, with which the Lord's Prayer begins. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. To find out more about what we do, head across to our website, www.northernlightsmcc.org.uk.